morning, church. Uh, it's a great word this morning, Joe. Really good. And Dan, really a fantastic testimony. I don't know if anyone would agree with me this morning, but certainly these are extraordinary days. And uh, Sarah, if you wouldn't mind putting the first slide up for me, please. I think, uh, you know, we're what historians and socialists call the seven pillars of society. Uh, they've been shaking or they're shaking. And uh, we've not got time to unpick these uh, this morning, but uh, it's a great thing to look at, really, uh, what God is doing in these seven pillars. And uh, certainly on, a, on, an, on an individual basis, I think many of us are facing challenges, difficulties, and hardships, really. And uh, I think uh, just if I, could, if I may just spend just one, mo one moment just sharing about our, you know, my family's last three months, really. It's been extraordinary, really. And uh, I, I connect with those that's going through similar things at the moment. Uh, you know, three months ago, my stepfather died suddenly. And, um, and then a few weeks later, we found my mother, she'd had a severe stroke on the, on the, on the floor. Um, she, she went on to break her hip as well, so she's not in a good place at the moment. Um, my my brother-in-law, he had a heart attack, and we found ourselves as a family um, <laughs> in a life-threatening situation where we was carried by the currents of the ocean, uh, which was quite life-changing for us, really. So it's been quite an extraordinary three months and continues to be so, really. And, uh, you know, one thing that um, I'm learning, really, is that um, in these times of shaking and they're here and they will come, they, they're here and they will come. That um, we need to know where we stand and how we stand. And uh, that's one thing that God has been teaching me really about, um, you know, the shaking times. And we, we realize that our faith is genuine and we can stand on the rock who is Jesus. We realize that uh, though things shake and our very lives shake, we've got one who is our rock, whose kingdom cannot be shaken. And I'm so grateful and pleased this morning that I belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And, you know... When we, when we go through these times, you know, God speaks and he says to us, there's a place by me, right by my side. In fact, he, he says, it's under his wing. It's like this, this, this mother who would, who would bring her children close to her. And this morning, there's a just want to sh say that there's a place right by God's side for you and I. 
right there. There's, there's no better place. There's no place I would rather be than by the side of Jesus. It's, it's a place where we find um, some, some sort of peace in the middle of a storm. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But peace in the middle of a storm where we find some sense where there's no sense. Where we find that he has the words of eternal life. You know, and I didn't want to speak on this, but here we go. We're going down this route, but here we go. You know, when, when Jesus challenged his disciples when the things were getting tough, he said, will you go away also? And um, his disciples, they said to him, Jesus, you know, where shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. And it's so true, isn't it? You know, when the challenges come, where do we go to? Do we go to the wisdom of this world or do we go to turn to God? We know, friends, we know that he has words of eternal life. And not only is his words life-giving, it's life-transforming as well. You know, when we come to him just as we are, just as we are, he can transform our lives. And, um, you know, I don't know if any of you have been to a wedding where there's a master of ceremonies. But one of his roles is to capture the attention of the wedding guests. And it's especially during speeches. And let me get my trick out my bag here. And um, one of the things he or she may do is tap on the side of a glass. Remarkably, what happens... I'm not advertising Tesco, by the way. It's just a Tesco bag. Uh, remarkably, what happens is that, um, you know, right across the room, there's this silent. And, uh, you know, this... And people who, who have their backs to the, the front table suddenly turn their chairs around and he's got their attention. And then he may or she may say, the groom wants to speak. Friends, I believe that we're living in this day and age where, where the groom wants to speak. And there's a, there's a pitch going on in heaven. It's, it's a sound which is above every other sound. Do you know there's a lot of sound in this world at the moment? I don't know if you hear it, but there's lots of noise and lots of shouting uh, and lots of people, things saying, here am I. But there's this sound which is above all those sounds. And it's like the tapping of this glass. It's the pitch of heaven. And um, I believe it's a time when God is saying, I want your attention. 
the groom wants to speak. You know, the groom being Jesus himself. And um, uh, I, I, I've called this um, talk this morning, Commission from the Fire. And it's really just a few snippets taken from uh, Exodus chapter 3. And uh, I would like, if I may, just if we can, just for a few moments, look at um, chapter 2 first, because there's some key verses there uh, in chapter 2 and verse 11. And it says that uh, one day after Moses had grown up, in fact, he was, he was 40 now, he went out to where his own people were, and he watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that to see that no one, uh, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I, must, what I did must become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. There he sat down by a well. Now it's interesting that um, Moses, as you know, had been brought up in the household of Pharaoh uh, for 40 years. And he went to his own. He knew that he didn't belong in Pharaoh's house. So he went to his own and he saw, he killed, he saw again, and he fled. And he ended up in Midian. And Midian's around about 285 miles away from where he stayed in Egypt. It's a long way. And um, Isaiah 66 says, the Midians were a nomadic race in, in Arabia, numerous and rich in flocks, herds and camels. And this is where Moses found he, himself. And in verse 21 and verse 22, um, he marries Zipporah and he has a son named Gershon. And uh, this is what Moses said. He said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Interesting statement, Moses, that you're saying here then that you don't connect well with this nomadic people and you don't connect well with the country that you're in. It's not a good place to be, really, but this is where he found himself. And um, it, verse 23 says this, during... That long period, in fact, it was 40 years had gone by now, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help went up to God. And here is now this turning point. This cry had gone up to God. And uh, verse 24, God heard and he remembered his covenant. This covenant he'd made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he remembered it. And God looked, and he was concerned. Now, God hears the groans, cries that go up from northeast Lincolnshire. 
He hears those cries. In fact, he's omniscient that he, he does know, he, he can hear the cry that goes up from every household. And more so, he hears the cry from every individual in that household, including mine. And as he, he looks across northeast Lincolnshire, he's concerned. He's concerned. You know, God said that he remembered his covenant. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he sealed this new covenant in his blood. He said it's finished. And because he's covenanted now with you and I, he's committed, he's committed himself wholeheartedly to you and I in our groanings, in our utterings, in that which we raise, lift up to God. He hears and he sees and he's concerned. He's a covenant-making God. It was sealed in Jesus' blood when he died. He can't turn away from that now. He cannot turn himself away from you or I now. He's committed to us. And we read in chapter 3 then, Moses is now 80 years old. 40 years had passed. And he's tending not his own sheep, but his father-in-law's flock. And he leads them to the far side of the wilderness and came to this place called Horeb, the mountain of God. And something suddenly grabbed his attention. It was like the tapping on the side of the glass. This, the supernatural suddenly became visible and broke in in the far side of this wilderness. Friends, I believe we're living in these days when God wants to break in to our wilderness experiences if we're going through them. He wants to bring supernatural signs and wonders to our door. He wants to grab our attention. He wants us to start to turn aside and look what he's doing. You know, I believe there's an increased expectancy among his people in these days that what God will break into wilderness experiences, that signs and wonders will follow the preaching of his word. That's what we want, isn't it? That people's attention will be turned and they will see the evidence of God's supernatural work right before them. Words alone don't cut it in this day and age. We need to see the power of God being released amongst us. We need to see the signs and wonders follow the preaching of the words that we speak out. Religion won't cut it in these days, but the supernatural power will. He wants to break in. He wants to come and equip us with this supernatural power to cut through that which needs cutting through in northeast Lincolnshire 
and bring people out of slavery and bondage. You know, in verse 4, it says, The Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look. And as Moses leaned in, he knew something unusual was happening here. God called out his name, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I, or I'm listening. I'm listening. (laughs) You know, friends, God will spend a long time, a lifetime, if he needs to with us, to get us to the place where we'll listen, where I'll listen, really listen. You know, the word listen contains the same letters of the word silent. It's, it's the same letters. And someone said, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. You know, listening is an act of our will, where we choose to actively hear what is actually being said to us. Proverbs 1.5 says this, Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Listening is directly related to guidance. It's directly related to guidance. You know, when we are prepared to, when God gets our attention and we're prepared to turn aside from whatever it might be we need to turn aside from. And we, we, we deliberately come aside and we, we lean in. God begins to speak to us. Mike, thankfully you're ready now <laughs> to hear what I want to say. Why did it take so long? And we hear And you know what? God began to share with Moses the things that was on his heart. Here's the change now. Here's the change. I'm listening. Okay, says God. Now I can start to share with you the things that's on my heart. The things that really concern me. The things that I see. The things that I hear. Those things which you cannot see or hear without my help. I want to start sharing those things with you now. A new level of intimacy. He's calling us in to a new level of intimacy with him. When we begin to understand a little of what Jesus meant when he said, Truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. And here it is, he can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. I'm going to work for Jesus. I'm going to do his will. I'm going to, and and I'm going to, and we build up these works of God. And God says, Come near and listen, and I'll share with you what's on my heart. I'll share with you what's on my heart. Jesus said, 
as he got, went into, what, Father, Father, what are you doing here in this situation? I want to work with you. That's what Jesus said, really. I want to work. I want to, what I see you doing, that's what I'm going to be doing. And God wants to help Mike and me and us all to, 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 to grow, to grow, to grow up in him because he's wanting to use us to have eyes to see what Father's doing in our families, in our situations around us, in our domains of influence as we've been looking at right at the beginning there, where we find ourselves working as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a son, as a daughter. Father, what are you doing here? Please show me. Jesus says this, he says, take my yoke upon you. Teach, um, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. When we take on that yoke which God gives us, it's, it's a place, we, we work from a place of rest. We work from a place of rest. You know, God is looking for individuals who will work with him and not just for him. Work with him. You know, Psalm 103 in verse 7 says, he made, his, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the son of Israel. You know, the, Israel, the Israelites knew what God did. They saw the signs. They saw the miracles. They were fed. Moses knew God's ways. He knew his character. He knew his nature. He wasn't afraid to go into the presence of God. Are we a people? Am I, am I a person that knows his ways or knows his acts? God wants us to know his ways. You know, he wants to speak and commission you this morning and me and make you and I a co-worker, a co-worker with him. He wants to share with you and I those things which concern him those things which he's passionate about. He wants to commission you to be a partner with him to fulfill the desires of his heart. You know, Jesus said, look up because the fields are white unto harvest. Turn your eyes upwards. And as we begin to partner with him, we begin to see truly that that which is right in front of us is where God has put us and where we will bear fruit for him. I'm just going to call the music group back, if, if, if I may. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. So I believe for some this morning, God is trying to get your attention and he's been trying to get your attention for a little while now. There's, there's been this tapping of the glass and you can't ignore it, it's still happening. 
And he just wants you to turn aside and go over to where he's called you to go. You might feel like you've been in some sort of wilderness for a long, long time. Yet you know in your wilderness experience that something has grabbed your attention. Something supernatural is now happening. There's a difference. There's a change of atmosphere. There's something different now about what, how you walk, where you walk, and the way you want to walk. You've seen something in a corner of your eye that's grabbed your attention. You know, others this morning, he just wants to share what's on his heart with you. What concerns him. He wants to draw you near to him and he wants you to come right beside him so that he can speak to you about those things which is burning in his heart. You know, for others, he wants to commission you from the fire this morning. He's got a work for you to do. He's got a work for you to do. He's got a work for you to do. And you might say, as Moses said, but who am I that I should go? And God replied to Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. Moses said to, to God, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And Moses said, what is this? In your hand, Moses. Well, it's a staff. Cast it to the ground. As he cast it to the ground, a miracle happened. And I believe this for some this morning, God is saying, I've given you things in your hand. And those things in your hand, as you cast them down at my feet, I'm going to make something supernaturally wonderful out of them. It'll be signs and wonders. God's called us this morning. He's called you by your name. And his heart is for you. He's a good, good father who's calling you on, commissioning you to go out, mobilizing you to do that which is on his heart this morning. So if it's spoken to any of you this morning, then there will be a prayer team here on my left, your right. Please do come. Come, let people pray for you. If anything's spoken to you this morning, if you feel God's got your attention, then come. If you feel God wants to commission you, then come. If you think God wants to draw you aside and speak to you, then come. And can I encourage the body of Christ here this morning, those that's in the prayer team, operate in your gifts. Prophesy over these people. Speak the word of God over them. Be bold in that which God has given you. Speak out life, giving truth to them. And let's see God arise in this place in northeast Lincolnshire. And let us be the ones that fulfill the desires of his heart for this place in Jesus' name. Amen.